0: Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the show, we'll discuss the Duggers. Donald Trump, and my future. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Canary, a new approach to home security. Canary is a complete home security system packed into a single device. Unlike old systems, Canary is built to learn. Whenever it detects something out of the ordinary in your home, Canary sends alerts with HD video and audio straight to your phone. That way, you can keep an eye on your kids or your pets when you're stuck at work. Find out the oven was left on before it's too late, or stop burglars with a swipe of your finger. Pick up your Canary today when you visit slash Topolsky. My guest today is an amazing, magnificent, wonderful man, Brian Stelter. He is the host of CNN's Reliable Sources, uh, formerly of the New York Times. He wrote a book about morning TV called Top of the Morning. Brian, thank you for being here. Thank you. That's, I that, think. That, well, we'll see what happens. Um, that is my best. That was my best intro ever for anybody. Magnificent, I think you said? Well, no. I mean, just the fact that I didn't screw something up. I felt like I really brought that one home. You did just practice it 30 seconds ago. That's true. Well, you know practice makes perfect. Any anyway, broadcast bra-
1: is hard. Is. Radio you is know, hard. You Podcasts are hard.
0: They are very hard. You know this because you've gone from writing words uh that were printed out and mailed to people, uh, sent to people, given thrown to people, and now it also went on the web, but now you are on TV every day? No, once a week.
1: You know yeah, the show is day. the show is once a week and then I'm on during the week covering lots of different stories uh you know, today there were lots of different stories going on, whether it was a canceled TV show or, uh, you know, Caitlyn what, what Jenner. Got, what got canceled? Uh, Nineteen Kids and Counting, okay, the TLC that show. Okay. That's okay. You can read about it online. Okay. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner gave that big ESPYs speech this week. So there's been lots, lots of media stories in the news. Yeah, there's the Ronda Rousey
0: thing. Is that? Did I get yeah. her name right? Yeah. This I is think, a kind of I an amazing. Think that's right. If you haven't, my I haven't actually seen the clip. My understanding is there was an award at the ESPYS for best fighter, it's kind of overall. Right. And, like, Mayweather was in there and a bunch of other dudes. Yeah, And Ronda Rousey, that is her name, right? Yeah, and she... She's a a UFC fighter? That's right. I
1: I know her because of her star turn on Entourage, the movie. Oh, right. That shows you how I know my...
0: (laughs) That's the thing where most people know her from. Right, right, right.
1: (laughs) right. Should I not refer to today things? No,
0: it's fine. Okay. Uh, We can say that this, well, I'll say, J- Brian just asked I'll me I'll avoid it from now on, I was just curious. He just asked me if he should refer to today, and I will this is, about, we're all about transparency at the Tomorrow podcast, <laughs> all of us here um, you can say today, but the people who are listening to this will hear it on Monday. Got it. So who knows what's going to happen between now we and We could Monday.
1: do this as if it's Monday.
0: That would be interesting. We could make up stories. <laughs> I can't believe what Obama said. Actually, that would be a story probably because every day there's some new thing where it's like, oh my god Obama said that.
1: He's unplugged lately that's the, that's I love the new storyline. Actually, we're doing that for my show this weekend. The idea of a Obama unleashed, yeah. whether it's him talking to Mark Maron or going to a prison with vice or talking about Cosby at a presidential press conference. It's crazy. He does feel free now. It seems like yeah, as he's at the end. He's,
0: he's wrapping it up and, and he's uh, this is the Obama that I feel like we elected. I feel like this is the Obama. I feel like Obama was much freer and much more aggressive in the early days, hmm. you know, and even on the campaign trail. I guess it's he's shifted. There's been some moments, but there was a real period a few years ago where everybody felt like Obama had kind of blown his opportunity to be this like really um, electric mm. presidential figure versus the kind of like going with the plan, going with the company plan. And I think he's kind of done in the back end of it, has actually done that.
1: Well, if this is President Obama unleashed, imagine President Trump unleashed.
0: Okay, we're going to get to that. Oh. Wait a second. I want to finish talking about Ronda Rousey. <laughs> did you cover this?
1: I, I did not cover you that cover part this it. story?
0: She said, um, how does it feel to get beat by a, a woman to Mayweather? Which So apparently uh, Mayweather has been, um, he's been in jail or arrested a few times for domestic violence. I thought it was pretty amazing. This is no not important at all to our show. I just wanted to mention the anecdote uh, or make, make a note of it. I will Google it. So um, so you were at the New York Times. You were a writer covering media. And I guess I should say, hold on, since we, this is the week, there's been a lot of news about me in the media I should talk about it a Wait, little bit. What news? Yes, there's been a little Tell well, us. Tell probably, us what happened. It's not that important compared to to candidate Trump. <laughs> really, in the grand scheme of things. Uh Well, we're talking on your first day after your goodbye party, aren't we? I did have my my going away party last night from I'm leaving Bloomberg. Uh I wrote a Tumblr post. About, I know the popular thing to do is Medium. Uh but, <laughs> but I like to go I like to go, oh, you know, a little bit left left of center. I like to just, you know, I think P. Everybody's doing medium goodbye posts. I'm going to do my goodbye post on mm. Tumblr. You know, could mm. make a comeback anyhow. So I'm leaving Bloomberg, <laughs> and uh, and some, there was some stuff uh, about it. So is was, this
1: podcast now your full time job?
0: This is now what I do for a living. Mm. So it's going to become a daily. And we're going to have to really sell some way more advertisements.
1: Was it surreal to be covered and covered? Yeah, it's always surreal. Covered. You
0: must know this having left. I mean, when you it's, left the Times. It's not easy sometimes. When you left the Times, you were covered and people talked about well, it. And, and, was... and
1: recently, now that I'm on TV, I, I sometimes uh, receive more press attention. Yeah, Sometimes completely normal and comfortable and uh, <laughs> fair, even if uncomfortable, fair. Right. But then there's other times where you read about yourself and you feel like they're writing about an entirely different person. Yeah. Uh, because it's that different from the truth. It's that far from reality. Give me
0: an example. Can you give me an example of something like that?
1: There's not a very good recent one, but uh, you know, it makes me, when I'm covering people, uh, whether they're public figures or n- private figures, want to be more empathetic. Yeah. You know, that's a David Carr word, by the way, empathetic. He was always so empathetic in his writing, partly because of his past and his history. Uh, I think whenever you're written about, and by the way, I think all reporters should have to go through it. They should have to experience it because it makes you as a reporter and a writer more empathetic toward your subject.
0: It also, I I found, and this has happened a couple of times, I mean, there's, you know, things flare up here and there, but... You learn something new about reporting that you didn't know when you're the subject. And you see, what I think is always funny is you see people do moves, do your moves. What do you mean? You know, you see people the, the ask the kind of question that you would ask. To Even get though the, you don't
1: want to be asked. To get it. the
0: kind of answer, right, to get the kind of answer. And you go, oh, I know, I, I know this move. I know what you're doing. You're, <laughs> I see. Yeah, I see how that could work.
1: It was so strange. I was one of the many people writing about you uh, departing from Bloomberg and you know, did I, you write about me? I, you know, well, I guess you didn't see my story. I didn't. This I, is what happens when there's so I, many I, I stories written CNN about you. I story. That was
0: mine. That was yours. Okay, yeah. I just missed the byline, I
1: That's, guess. Okay. That's okay. I most thought that... Most I, people don't pay attention to bylines. Well, I do. See, us self-important uh, writers, we think everyone pays attention. The pros. Attention. I, I do remember thinking when I was
0: reading the CNN story, I thought, <laughs> whoever wrote this is fucking magnificent. Okay. They're really... I remember thinking this gay, whoever this guy or girl your can write, nose is so right <laughs> right now, their're ass
1: off <laughs> uh,
0: anyhow, sorry well, you were saying?
1: well here you know what I would have asked you if you would return to my messages. Uh, wow. was, was, do you feel like you accomplished anything? You know, I mean, so really, it's really hard to go in from, from a startup environment to go into a place with a really entrenched culture. You know, yeah. Bloomberg's been around for decades.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and Bloomberg actually more than I think a lot of businesses, I mean, I was at AOL and that had a very entrenched culture and even Vox had, 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 it has a very entrenched culture is very different than a Bloomberg, but you know, Bloomberg is also, it's Bloomberg, right? <laughs> I mean, literally, you know it's Mike Bloomberg's business. His name is on the door. It is all about like stemming from this one man and this one vision. So it's more than just like, well, this is how we've always done it at IBM. It's like, this is how this guy's always done it. And so that kind of is the whole company, right? Yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of entrenched, very sort of like, you know, focused, fixed culture there. But, you know, I think the, um, I think we accomplish an enormous amount. And I think the only reason that I could have possibly felt comfortable with leaving at the, with as early as I have, is realizing that we had accomplished many of the big things that I thought were going to be hardest. Mm. Um, You know, like a piece like the what is code piece. uh, I mean, I hate to keep like kind of bringing it out, but it's a really good example because everybody's read it. Yeah. A year ago you couldn't have done that. And you just couldn't have done it at Bloomberg. Not just because not to say that people wouldn't have wanted to do it. And they did do some really cool feature work, you know, but but the, the sort of collaboration and the and the and the tools that you need to do it and the focus, having a team on digital really focused and rebuilt and restructured to to do that sort of thing. So I feel like I accomplished a lot. But I mean the reality about Bloomberg is that it is it is the decades old um, business that it is. And there are certainly places where I think I felt pretty strongly that I wasn't going to be able to do. I mean, if you've read The Verge and then you read like <laughs> Bloomberg.com. Right. I think you see like I'm a weird guy. I mean, I am like a strange dude. And people who listen to this podcast know probably better than anybody <laughs> that I'm a strange. Dude. And like I want to cover all that stuff. And I and I don't know that like the a business outlet is ultimately the best place for me to do everything that I want to do. Or yeah, can that, do. that's
1: what you said in your blog post on, yeah. on Tumblr about yes. it. Yeah.
0: which I which I wrote uh which I wasn't planning on writing that day. I actually was in, a, oh. I was in a hotel room in San Francisco and the story leaked, a not act totally accurate um, version of the story kind of leaked out there. Uh, and, and, uh, and I thought, well, I should, I have to say, you know, I wrote a letter to my team actually mm. that day saying a lot of the same stuff. Cause obviously I wanted to tell them not have it be like in the paper or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I I wrote that rather quickly, so I went back and read it today actually to make sure oh. that it wasn't completely insane. <laughs> and that does talk a lot about it, but it also talks a lot about my frustration with. And this is not about Bloomberg, but in the media digital landscape. digital media culture. I mean, yeah. I,
1: I I found myself, you know, agreeing with so much of what you were saying about the sameness. Yeah. that feels like it infects so much of the web right now. I mean, we're
0: we're in a we're in a really weird place, you know, and without you know, uh, without, you know. Accusing publishers or or outlets of of doing this, you know, I think it's 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 worth saying, and I believe this really strongly, and I feel this as a reader and as a consumer of this stuff, yeah. that we're in a place where um, I just feel like we have such an elevated sense of how big your audience needs to be and how and how you have to capture that audience. It's mm. so it's the the pressure from advertisers in ad supported businesses, the pressure from advertisers coupled with the pressure. Of like your the peer pressure really of building these like mega brands and media for for the entrenched players it's about keeping their mega brands right. for the new players it's like how can I get to these massive numbers as quickly as possible you know and then you've got like you can get juiced by things like Facebook or Twitter mm-hmm. and suddenly like those massive numbers seem like they're yours for the taking <laughs> but the reality is that my favorite publications the things that I've most loved reading. Um, probably don't have the largest audience, you know, they probably are a much more niche, much smaller, specific audience. I think when, you know, at The Verge, as an example, when we started building that, we, yes, we wanted to build something big, you know, and we said this thing, you know, we always said at Vox, you know, quality at scale, Um, but it was built with the intention of, you know, that I felt we would get to a place and you would just say, I'm, we're good here. Let's ride this out. Let's develop the, let's develop the, 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 the sensibility. Let's develop the, the concepts, the stories. You know, and we did a lot of that. I mean, admittedly, I mean, I touched on this a bit in that letter as well, but admittedly, I felt a bit of sort of anxiousness and boredom there too. Um, but I also think, you know, Vox was getting to a place when I left where it was to start to build to the major, the massive level. Right, right. And I think for me, that like has a bit of a numbing effect. I think it just doesn't, it's not appealing to me. I don't think I'll be able to, I don't think what I, what I can do best is for every single person, Mm. you know, that sounds maybe elitist or something. I don't mean it to sound that way. I just think I can connect with people in a certain way on certain things and there's a limit to those people and I'm fine with that. I actually think we should be more fine with it in media.
1: Wasn't it a version of trying to be an expert, trying to tailor something, trying to do something really well? Yeah. As opposed to trying to do everything.
0: Well, and everybody feels like they're doing everything now. That's actually, you know, and I mean, Buzzfeed is obviously the easiest example. I know and that's I,
1: what you were really getting at at the heart of your yeah, post. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, you look at Fusion, and you look at. And by the way, all great people working there. Great, they do great, great stories. There's it's a not, lot of yeah. It's of good not stuff about the individuals. Out.
1: It's about the incentives. No, it's right. You know, it's I was about, thinking about myself this week. I. Uh, You know, the Emmy Awards, the nominations came out on Thursday, and uh, I, and I think probably dozens of other people, wrote a version of the same story, which was, Amazon now is getting nominated for Emmys, the place where you buy your your whatever, you're now getting, now getting nominated for Emmys. and. On days like that, I always wonder, was that the best use of my time? Right, but did also, we need those also, stories, 30, we, 30 of
0: them? Didn't we cover the Amazon Emmy story when, when, uh, a <laughs> when Transparent won? The, won an the Emmy? Golden Globes. Well, right, uh, the, the Golden Globes. Was it the
1: Golden Globes? We did the Emmy story last year on Netflix. Right. We're going to do it did next not, year. for they, Were they not in the Emmys last year? I don't think they were last year. but They, they thought, were this okay. year. You know, there are days where I might be part of the problem. However, I also tell myself. <laughs> Damn you also tell myself that I wrote the, you know, what, what else can you tell yourself? The best take. You wrote the best version. Right. You wrote the best, or with the best details. Yeah. Or with the most knowledge. Uh, you can, and I can defend those in my mind all day, <laughs> but it does get... We all can. <laughs> realistically, though, there is a glut uh, of that kind of content online. Yeah. I just think that, I just think that, it, and,
0: and and who knows if I, I would ever figure out the answer to the problem. I don't know if I can or would, or and that's what, you know, I don't know, like... Hey, I'll go do this thing over here or this thing over there, and that'll fix like my problem. You don't, you don't know what you're doing next. I have some ideas. I don't. I'm nothing set in stone at this point. I am. I am. I have gotten. Let me say this. In the last, uh, uh, you know, less than a week, almost a week now, I've gotten some of the most interesting emails I've ever gotten in my entire life. I mean, you know, I, I have to say if if I.
1: Have you ever been a free agent before?
0: No. So actually, first this time. is a big this is actually something I, I I was just talking to somebody about, you know. I've been in these like monogamous relationships with with companies. <laughs> no, I was at AOL. I went to AOL. I started writing as a part-timer and then Gadget, you know, became editor. was there for years. You know, we we really, you know, I th- we had a plan when everybody started leaving. We were like, let's go let's go find some place. let's get together and, and work together again. Uh, that was pretty clear. It was a pretty clear move from out of AOL and into into SB Nation at right. the time, which became Vox, <laughs> which we turned into Vox. right. Then, um you know, at the tail end of Vox, I, this the conversation with Bloomberg came up totally out of the blue. It was not planned. I wasn't actually looking, um, but Justin and I knew each other uh, uh, from you know years earlier, and it sort of spiraled into, well, wow, how can I say no to this, right? This is the first time uh in 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 almost a decade where I have been able to just um see what people might want me to do or what might want to talk to me about. And it's kind of weird. Scary? It's scary. It is scary because That's obviously It's so freeing. No, it's amazing. I mean, I keep talking about how I'm just going to like I'm going to spend like entire weeks playing video games now. Like my plan is to I'm going to have at least one week where I just, only the only thing I do all day is play video games. Are there
1: any good new games out?
0: Uh, I've been playing this new Batman game. Which are you is, I mean,
1: Xbox, PlayStation, whatever?
0: Well, it? I have both because I'm a huge nerd. I'm sort of <laughs> required by law to have every game system. <laughs> um, I have been playing, the, what is the new Batman game? I think it's called Arkham Knight. Mm. It's very good. Uh, Far Cry 4. This is great stuff. This is good.
1: Okay, so good timing. For there's a few, some, there's game some games sessions. out
0: there. Okay, I'm excited. There's a game coming out called Fallout 4. I don't oh, know if you've heard yeah, about it at yeah. all. That is what I'm most excited about. But it's not going to be out till November. I'd like to think that by November I will have a new job. If I don't have, let's just say, if I'm not doing something in November, I'm moving into my parents' basement. So it's gonna, <laughs> basically, what's going to happen. Fitting. I'll take my Xbox and my PlayStation yeah, and just go down there.
1: Perfect. Um, but you know,
0: uh, anyhow, what were we
1: talking about? Uh, we're talking
0: about you and about rambling. digital media incentives. Yeah. Well, you like talking about this. This is your thing. Uh, you're all about media.
1: Absolutely. I'm the most meta you can possibly get.
0: Right. I mean, you wrote an entire <laughs> book about morning shows. Let's
1: just like put that in perspective.
0: I mean, most people... Yeah, and people's... I actually
1: I tried to write twice as much and they cut half of it out. <sighs> Are you so, serious? Oh, yeah. I wow. actually, when, when, I, when I signed the deal to do the book, it was back in 2012 and then it came out in 2000. Actually, no, let me back up. I must have signed the deal in 2011. And I thought, how am I possibly going to write 80,000 words? Yeah. That's... Um, Seventy nine thousand more words than I've ever written before. Yeah. Turned out, I wrote one hundred fifty thousand words, no problem. And wow. the real problem was the editing, as in everything in life. Yeah. The, the editing is more Devil important is than the, the, the writing. No, it
0: is true. It's the funny thing about editing is is that I think a lot of people don't realize, and it takes a while to, especially to if you do it if you're an editor, uh, and you're edited, if you know both of the sides of it. Right. The editing is so invisible. I mean, it's invisible to other people. Right. It's when they, read, when they read the piece, they see the piece, they see the byline, they know. But yeah. the editor can be so instrumental. I mean, actually, having, having just done this, you know, we just did this 38,000 piece, uh, word piece, the, the code thing. The editing was amazing. I mean, Business Week has incredible editors. And we had some digital editors who also worked on it on, the, on our side. And it was yeah. just, you know, it's a, it's a gargantuan effort. Yeah. To, to pull that together. Totally. But, so yeah, I mean, I mean 80,000 words.
1: The hardest part about the book was, I mean, it was it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done, and and uh, it was really figuring out what to cut was, was the difficult part. You know, for the first time, I'm uh, trying my hand at a little bit of editing now at CNN. At the Times, I always reported to the media editor uh, and was never doing any editing on my own, but... Uh, now uh, we have two couple media reporters at CNNMoney.com, uh, Frank and Tom, who are wonderful reporters, really sharp reporters. And uh, occasionally I'll publish their stories. I'll edit and publish their stories. And it's to to just for the first time have a chance to be an editor. Hmm. It's a whole new experience. It is really, yeah. I think I love it. I'm still trying to figure out my feelings about it. But I yeah. think I really love it on those days where I – Feel like I can help make a story better, yeah. but make sure it's still their story. I, I think that's as that, opposed to you know some you know I've had experiences with editors at the Times you know in the past where stories just get ripped up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they're just or they're just writing through you. They're, yeah. they're just like just do it just like this. Just give them the byline yeah. instead of me. I I was I mean I I you know I I can't remember the last time I actually edited someone's piece. Like I actually sat down and went through it line by line and said okay here's what to change. But I did have just this week. Um, I always have this feeling, like, do I have any good ideas? As an editor, because one of the things you also do as an editor a lot of the time is you go, "Hey, what's? Why don't we write about? Has anybody doing anything on this thing? Right, or like, right. hey, what's up with that guy? Go talk to him. You know, <laughs> I had this idea a few, uh, uh, a few, and I'm not I'm trying to take credit for it at all. I just it made me feel good because it was, um, I had an idea a few months ago or weeks ago about. Kids' clothes because I have a new daughter. Uh, well, relatively new. She's a new she's 18 daughter, eighteen months old. I mean, she's sort of a regular person. <laughs> um, I was we were, we were all shopping for clothes, and you know, clothes are in toys, and they're all like the blue transformer stuff for the boys, or like the dragons or whatever. And then the girl stuff has like a pony. I mean, so crazy gender specific. <laughs> and for like you know, for an advanced individual like myself who doesn't believe in gender stereotypes and norms, um, that's my sarcastic way of sounding cool and socially you know open uh which i am uh but it was just like i was like does it is anybody making like more gender neutral clothing for children like wh- isn't this going to be something that we're going to have to be much more aware of in the future did
1: you find out or are you assigning that story right now no
0: it, i assigned the story a great writer of ours kim basin wrote mm. it and and uh and, and and a great editor of ours katie drummond edited it and it's it's uh yeah, and we did a video where we talked to kids about clothes. And yeah, huh. but it did really well, and people really liked it and it got a great response. And yeah, my, all I all I the point of this was to say, I mean, I didn't do any of the work except like, hey, what's going on with kids' clothes, which seems stupid, but it got turned into a really interesting story, and it made me feel like my instinct is still pretty good. And that, as an editor, your editorial instincts are kind of everything. If you don't have, basically, if you don't have good ideas, you can't help people come up with better ideas. Right. You, you know, you well, have to find another job.
1: It gets to your point in your blog post about the sameness, this sense that everything's the same online, that everyone's writing the same stories, yeah. to the extent that editors can say to writers uh, all across the web, go find something new. Yeah it's so much more satisfying to write something, uh, write, write a new sentence that hasn't been written yeah. than, to, than to rewrite someone else's. It, it's uh, also that's J-School 101, but it's so hard to sometimes live up to that basic value.
0: It's also angle. I mean, you know, you find the, the, the thing about stories that you feel like you're in, when you're in the echo chamber, it's like, oh yeah, I read this here, here, and here, but it's exactly, it's like, what's the question that nobody's asking? What's the what's the way into this that nobody's looked at? Those, yeah. to me, are like often the most exciting kind of stories. But... Anyhow, so yes, I left Bloomberg. (laughs) Uh, You left the New York Times to go to CNN. Now, what was that? How did that happen?
1: That uh, Well, it's a a lot like what happened with you when you went uh, over to Bloomberg in that I wasn't looking for any job. Uh, I never imagined being in television or on television, but I had been covering television for 10 years, and uh, when CNN called in the summer of 2013— it was an itch I had to scratch and see what would happen, uh, I suppose. It's sort of a weird way to put it, but it works. It's the way I uh, put it. Essentially, yeah. Howie Kurtz had uh, uh, left CNN, uh, I guess, a week or two earlier, went over to Fox News, yeah. uh, hosting a media show there. So CNN had really, this is actually kind of amazing in retrospect, open tryouts on the air. So originally, I came, came in for an off-air tryout. I guess I passed it because then I had an on-air you were tryout. Actually,
0: yeah, because you were actually, you did some sort of guest hosting. Yeah, guest host. Yeah,
1: yeah guest hosted once. Who else and then a second hosted? time, and then a third time. Who lost? Uh, you know, there were a lot of other reporters that, that were <laughs> guest hosting: uh, David Vulcanflick, uh, okay. Frank Sesno, oh, Fulken, Patrick Gavin, Don Ful- Avlon. Wow, there were there, uh, there were a lot of there were others um, as well. I can go keep going down some the very, list.
0: Some great names in there,
1: and I think I think all of them have been guests on Reliable Sources now. You know, in yeah. the past year, and do you a get half. a weird
0: vibe though when they're on like this? I could have been sitting in the big chair. Not at all. Is there any attention?
1: And not not Folk at all. Like, you
0: know, get well, in your face. They're,
1: they're the best guests because they know television, right. you know, because they right. know the show. I mean, one of the things you quickly learn in television is you want to have people on television that know how to be on television. But uh, you know, this this guest hosting it went on uh, for a few months, and then it, it, toward the end of 2013, they offered the job. Uh, it was it was very hard to think about leaving the Times because I wasn't interested in leaving, and and uh, I learned everything I basically no about journalism from the times but uh, ended up being a no brainer frankly because i was i have had a chance to learn television skills learn video skills uh, and you know and expand uh, what i think of as a media reporting beat yeah
0: and so and now and, and you're also editing i mean, yeah i mean i
1: think i kind of have like a three part job like a, like a three legged stool and and part one is reliable sources on sundays 11am eastern on cnn and then uh, you know part two is writing stories all week long on the website uh, you know sometimes three or four stories a day and then the third part is going on TV and talking about those stories. Yeah. So I think about writing the stories gives me something to talk about on TV and then at the end of the week we sum it all up on Reliable Sources and right. when it works it works so well. Yeah, it's kind
0: of handy. I mean honestly that that's a I actually never perceived it as well-connected as you just described it. It doesn't not, work not, every day, but, not but not when it Not to say it works, that it doesn't look like that, but I just, you know, yeah. I, I mean, that you now you, when you put it that way, it makes a lot well, of sense. Well, here's an
1: example. A 19 Kids and Counting, a reality show on TLC, uh, was canceled, and uh, it got canceled. The announcement happened at uh, 10.05 a.m., and we confirmed it at 10.10, and we put it online at 10.15, and we were on TV at 10.20. Hmm. And on those days, that's, to me, that's magic. Is that a big deal? The cancellation of the show—it was a big deal in kind of certain circles, right? right. It was a it was a big deal uh, uh, among fans of the show, you know, Heartland fans of the show. But it's the kind of thing that was sort of so niche. You either you either loved the Duggars and loved the show, or you didn't care at oh, all. Oh, it's the Duggars show. It was the Duggars show. Oh, the, okay. So this is how,
0: I'm sorry, I'm very out of touch. <laughs> <laughs> Narika, you're shaking your head in there. Do you know that well, show? A, Do you watch it? Yeah, you like the it's, Duggars. It's
1: not the most popular show in New York City, right? You know, I'm not surprised. It's more of a red state yeah. show. Uh, Fox News had the uh, the only interview with the the victims of of Josh Duggar, who, yeah. who was accused of child molestation when he was a teenager. Yeah. and and so the show, you know, there was really no way to keep it on the air once this uh, yeah, once kind this of a, controversy kind of happened. not a
0: story that's you're gonna kind of get out of very easily. It was not a
1: surprise when they canceled no. it. But but my, but my point is that 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 kind of connection of TV and the web. There's still, in some cases, and I've and I've I know this from covering television. There's still at some of the networks a big uh, a big difference between what's going on on the website and what's going on on the TV side. Yeah. And to the extent that we can be pushing those two sides together, uh, it's it it makes a lot of sense. No, and it does. works
0: really well. It makes this to me. I feel this is the the, the very true. Uh, uh, you know, actually, let's take a quick break, and then I'm gonna get, I want to get back to this because this, I think I'm gonna start talking. I'm just gonna ramble. So we'll be right. <laughs> let's back. ramble. We'll be right back. Let's talk about Canary, an amazing new home security device. What is Canary? I'm sure you're asking yourself that right now. You're sitting there and you're just staring blankly at something and you're saying in your mind, what is Canary? Well, I'll tell you. It's a complete home security system packed into a single device that you control from your Android or iPhone. It's just six inches tall and sits on your bookshelf, so it's perfect for any house or apartment. And Canary has no extra components and sets up in just minutes. Plug it in, connect it to the internet, and you're done. Canary can live stream video of what's happening in your home anytime, anywhere, and whenever it detects something unusual, you'll get alerts with HD video and audio on your phone. This is pretty nerdy, it's got lots of great features like a 1080p HD camera, it's got a very high quality microphone, motion detection, a 90 plus decibel siren, it has automatic night vision so you can see in total darkness. And it also measures, and I think this is very cool, the temperature, humidity, and the air quality in the room that it's in. And all of these sensors are packed into a single device. So you can use this in many different ways. You can use it to catch burglars. Hopefully you'll never have to do that. But if you have a canary in your home, you will be able to see people robbing you and hopefully stop them. Uh, You can check in on family or pets, and you can feel safe when you're not at home because you'll be able to see your home from another place. Be one of the first to get smart home security. Buy your canary now when you visit www.meetcanary.com slash Topolsky. So we're back with Brian Stelter. Uh, so we were just talking about the, the sort of marriage of, of like if you've got a T, like CNN's got a TV network, multiple TV networks. Right, I mean, they have a bunch of sub channels. Yep. CNN too. Does that exist? Is that a HLN? Real thing? HLN. And HLN, CNN
1: International. Right,
0: there you go. Um, and then and then the web, obviously, and CNN is huge on the web.
1: Yeah, I mean, a, a big. I mean, what are the? How I many, many didn't realize until I got there how big. CNN. How many uniques go was? to
0: CNN.com? I mean, how many? How many people every month?
1: Ooh, no, that's a tough one. It's that's like a tough. It's one. like
0: hundred million unique. Let's, let's go. 200 with that. Million? I don't let's know go with the that. numbers. It's, at it's at that. any rate, I
1: mean, it's in that top tier, right? It's in that top well, tier with Yahoo. I know HuffPo is like
0: two hundred or something, so it's got to be somewhere around there. At any rate, it's got a huge presence on the web. Storytelling, yeah. I mean, for proper, you know, article. Now, listen, I don't agree with everything that CNN does. They've, you know, they have their moments. I'm sure you're aware of it. I'm sure everyone you're, has their I'm moments sure, on the inside. Everyone has their moments. Oh well, CNN's trying to do a lot let's just say that. I mean, CNN's trying to cover everything. You know, well,
1: I'm, I, now that I'm on the inside, I'm amazed by the operation, by, yeah. the, by the breadth and the width of it. You no, know, it's huge. So much is being produced every day. And how many,
0: there aren't that many massive internet, I and mean, actually one of the things about Bloomberg that I thought was very attractive uh, uh, at the beginning, and is still attractive about the company I mentioned, in my thing is that, you know, you've got like a TV network, you've got all these magazines, you've got thousands of journalists. I mean, CNN is like that in the sense that it can cover any story anywhere in That's the right. world. That's right. When I, I wanted to go to the day. Supreme
1: Court to cover the Aereo case last year, it was, you know, pretty easy because yeah. we have a person who takes care of those sorts of things. Yeah. You know, and those sorts of resources uh, you might take for granted, but I, I haven't because I'm new. I still feel like I'm new there. so right. I'm still learning how it all works.
0: Yeah. No, it's crazy. But you, we were talking about the kind of marriage of you've got this TV network, yeah. you've got the web, yeah. and and shouldn't they connect up? I mean, to me, this is something that I think is so in so basic. If you don't understand this for a media business, if you're a, a journalistic enterprise that has both, let's say, a magazine and the web, or TV and the web, or you know, all three of those things, where i just came from if you're not finding ways to make those synchronized to be truly synchronized that they feed each other then i don't know i don't know how you can survive because it's not like the web is this you know the web 10 years ago was like this weird stepchild (laughs) it was like oh the web like throw some crappy ads on there and you know maybe a few teens are looking at it or something i mean really even a decade ago iphones didn't exist i mean i talk about this all the time on this podcast but it's just so crazy to think about. There were no iPhones 10 years ago, okay? So the way we read, the way we think, the way we communicate, all of that was totally different. And news was a big part of it. We got our news in totally different ways. People were still voracious readers of magazines and newspapers. I mean, not as much as, it was starting to sort of, move in the wrong direction, but, you know, at any rate.
1: But now the Times has to be a website that just happens to have a newspaper. Basically. And CNN increasingly is a website that happens to have a TV network. Now you have to be careful when you say that, because obviously most of the revenue for CNN comes from television. Right. Most of the revenue for the Times still comes from print. Right. Uh, So uh, these businesses are crucial, and and the so-called old media businesses are actually remarkably vibrant in many ways. You know, some people look at the ratings for cable news, and they say, oh, well, people aren't watching cable news. I look at the ratings and I think I'm amazed by how many people are watching. How many, cable how many news. people are
0: watching cable news?
1: Well, at any given time, you got several million that are watching Fox, MSNBC, CNN, CNN yeah. all, all combined. Yeah, that cumes up over time to tens of millions uh, over the course of weeks and months. Right, but but the reason I say that is because uh, you know, and I say this as humbly as possible. Please do. Walking through airports, walking down the street, walking into bars a surprising number of people are starting to recognize me now no, no. it's been 18 months or so maybe 20 months at cnn over time that happens more and more and more i think what what, what i've heard from others uh is that it, it, when you're on cable you're actually recognized more than if you're on a network hmm. and the reason is because of that cumulative effect hmm. is because you're you're on all the time so you're being seen by people a wide variety of people all the time so even though there's this perception that television in general is has an eroding audience I don't know how true that, how fair that really is. Think, I'm amazed by the success and the strength of the kind of old-fashioned television medium.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that what's, what's changing and what will at some point change, I don't think we've hit that moment yet. I mean, there's no question that TV, and frankly, look, how much do you love watching TV? How much do I love watching TV? I love good TV. Right, I think there's a tremendous. I think TV now. I mean, everybody says it's the golden age of television. Right. but I actually think that is true. I think we have so much good that is on. Definitely, and and, and it's a, it is a storytelling format. That is just being cracked open. I think that this mm. kind of like this idea yeah. of a 12 hour narrative, <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we you know, a, a film quality 12 hour narrative. Right. We just started doing that like with The Sopranos. I mean, it hasn't been that long right. when we've been doing that sort right. of thing.
1: So I the think The best a, analogy I've heard about TV is that, yes, it may be an iceberg. But it may be slowly melting. If it's melting, it's yeah. slowly melting. I don't think, it's and the mel- perception I, that it's that it's
0: uh, quickly melting is just false. I, I think I don't think of it as melting. I think that the well, if it's melting, it's what's going to happen is it's going to melt and then refreeze very quickly into some other form. That's a
1: good. That's a good uh, one. Yes. No, because I think that we're really, well, video fundamentally we're visual creatures. We are very visual. Videos and, only growing.
0: And 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 the pr- the thing that has been the problem is uh, as attention and eyes shift to other screens, you know, you have to just figure out. Well, what do you do if they're not, if they're, or if they're looking at another screen instead of watching TV, right. do we just put TV there? Our mistake, I think, has been, we've, everybody's been kind of like, well, you just put TV over on that mm. screen, you know? And I think that we're still trying to figure out, and this is the thing that everybody is waiting for Apple, right? You've, this, for years now, we've been waiting for, well, Apple's gonna crack it, the way they crack music, as if TV and music have the same problem. Yeah, when which, you say crack, crack what? Like, what is the problem? People love TV, and they actually have no very few problems with the way they get it. I mean, it's not like people are so upset about changing channels on their cable box that they're all there are more there are way more cord cutters because we have way more options of getting them the tv they want to watch on their schedule and in their format but i just think the idea that 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 apparatus can is going to go away anytime in the near future is totally crazy and when it does go away it'll be replaced by something that it does look and work in many ways uh a lot like it
1: well television unlike music and newspapers these executives are doing a much better job of Getting ahead of the future, as opposed to falling behind it. Yeah, I mean that's and and you they may credit newspapers and music's experience with that.
0: Yeah, I mean there definitely is there's some learning there. I think I mean it's it's uh, but yeah I mean I think that there's going to be a technology shift. It's not going to be the kind of epic, you know, G whiz. Oh my God, I, we never saw this coming moment where like the iPhone changed things or mm. um, in music that that illegal you know, downloading and sharing changed things.
1: And by the way, let's pretend for a minute that the average uh, average viewership of television drops from, right now it's four and a half hours per day per American, which is a heck of a lot of TV. And the older you are, the more hours you watch per day. Let's pretend that drops from four and a half to three and a half hours. That would be a stunning and climactic and extraordinary and page one worthy story if television viewership dropped by 25%. However, if we go from watching 20 hours of kind of you know, uh, crappy or kind of mundane television. Sort of, yeah. oh, whatever's on lowest common denominator. Nineteen
0: and tw- counting. Tw-
1: right, exactly. <laughs> if we're toward if we go toward that right. kind of epic storytelling, that really impressive, rich. Yeah, it's actually a good thing.
0: Well, we were talking. Actually, about... might
1: be an improvement. No, it isn't.
0: I actually think. <laughs> I actually think. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you're taking. You were talking about reality. This reality TV show. I think reality TV is mostly like unwatchable. I mean, really, truly terrible. Well,
1: the data shows that it's sort of fading away a little bit. Right. It's it's, it's, it's having a hard time, as opposed to. All of the wonderful creativity going on in scripted TV, yeah, I mean, whether it's on Netflix, Amazon, HBO, and well, And that, TNT, and that to me,
0: is the, is, the, is, the, is the breakthrough here. I think the big aha moment is actually not about, uh, will Apple solve watching TV? Will it make it easier to find shows? What the big aha moment has been is that Netflix can come out of nowhere, Amazon can come basically out of nowhere, and they can put shows – they can make shows – that maybe would never have lived in a, in a network that could never have survived yeah. in a network environment. Transparent would have been very hard. Transparent, even for, I think transparent is, would be, have been edgy even for HBO. Right. You know, it's, it's right. just, a, it was a very different show with a very different message. And probably a lot of people might've looked at those scripts. They looked at the pilot and said, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to get the audience we want. But, you yeah. know, an Amazon or a Netflix or a Hulu, in some cases, can do, can do things that, that, that we haven't been able to do elsewhere. And I think that is going to unlock a whole new like world of storytelling. I think you're right. I mean, the higher quality stuff is...
1: And increasingly, we will perceive Amazon and Netflix to be networks, not linear networks with right. live programming, but networks in the sense of they're a collection of great shows right. that we all love. Well, that's where it At all comes. At the same time, HBO and Showtime move more toward them. I, I interviewed the right. CEO of Showtime this week and the incoming CEO, David Nevins, and he was talking about how now You know, for two weeks he's been selling Showtime via the internet. It's a profound change because before you had to buy Showtime via your cable operator, via Comcast or Time Warner cable. Now you can buy it via Hulu. He said he wakes up every morning now and gets a report about how many people signed up the night before. Yeah. As opposed to having to wait in the past, he had to wait a month to find out. Well, the metrics on TV are crazy. I mean,
0: Nielsen is right. totally insane right. and almost useless the way i see. It. I mean, what's so crazy? But now he
1: knows in real time. Right. And and that is, <laughs> well, a, you know, welcome to the internet. He's he's thrilled, you <laughs> yeah. know. It's it's might be scary, but it's such an improvement.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's a huge change. And i think that's the where the where the where the the true uh kind of explosion that in change happens is when you've got like all these new content creators married to um a platform that actually makes it easy to get in between all of those things to actually sit there and say, you know, what are my options and I'm going to go to it. I mean, the reality is the Apple TV is not that bad. A lot of these boxes, (laughs) they're really not that bad for getting more content that you want.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if we look back five years ago and we had said, okay, in 2015, how many American households will pay for cable? We would have thought a lot more people would have cut the cord. Yeah, uh, the number back then was about a hundred million. Right now we're maybe at ninety nine. Yeah. I mean, it, it's stunning. <laughs> is that is
0: that is that the actual number?
1: It, you know, I'm, I'm fudging a little bit. Yeah, we have not seen a dramatic amount of cord cutting in this country. We have seen young people choose not to sign up yet. Yeah, or d- delay signing up, or sign up for smaller packages. Right, but. The, the predictions about core cutting to me the headline is how little that's happened.
0: I, I think I think now it's, what we've
1: done is we've added Netflix, we've added Amazon, we've added Hulu. We're paying for more stuff than yeah, ever. That is true. <laughs> and I if mean, you I, cut cable, it's because it's because you, you're in a poor economic condition.
0: I will say actually, I right. I mean, listen. I have I subscribe to Hulu and to Netflix and. I'm a Prime subscriber. I mean, I'm I'm paying for everything. No Time Warner Cable. Oh no, I have FiOS. I have Verizon okay. FiOS, which is great. Thanks Verizon. Not a sponsor, <laughs> but they're very good at making the internet <laughs> go fast at my house. Um, I was dying. Actually, one of the reasons I think maybe was, they're
1: going to be a future sponsor. They, I
0: love that. I love that. Um, no, but the, I, I mean, it was actually I was so psyched when I found out at our new house that we could get FiOS because listen, Time Warner. I'm sorry, your service is very bad. Okay, the reality is
1: reminder that my wife works for Time Warner okay, Cable sh- before oh, you no, say but anything. New York one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is the thing that we most miss about our there cable? We to be go, perfectly good. honest, She's with the you, morning
1: traffic anchor on New York One. Like
0: this is true. We really mourn the loss of New York One, okay? Mm. And that is not, I'm not just like kissing well, you can your come ass back any day. or your wife's ass. You okay. Can sign I'm up. saying that it's a, le- it a legitimate problem in our home. Laura used to put on New York One and just all day long, it would be on on TV. She used to fall asleep to. That's New York how we one. get that four
1: and a half hours per day number. It's kind
0: way. of a kind of a nice move. They just put it as the first channel on the cable box. <laughs> <laughs> you literally, literally, it's like you turn on your TV, and if you're lazy, which we are, it just stays on. I wish CNN you know, was the first channel. But, but the on quality, the cable box. but the quality can't be matched. We have some FiOS has some weird like. There's some weird FiOS wannabe. I think, at least in our nation. Oh, ne- right, right. There's, there's a the pretend woods. New York one on fire. Yeah, it's not you good. You know what actually happened this More week? Probably like New York too, you know what, what I mean? What happened
1: this week that to me was kind of a big marker <laughs> of the future? Uh, when I wake up in the morning, uh, we have Time Warner Cable because my wife works there and she's, she's on the traffic in the morning. So I usually watch on my phone. Uh, I usually watch her reports on my phone instead of turning on the big TV, which yeah. in and of itself is a harbinger sort she, of the future. She goes up in the helicopter, right? She used to. Okay. And now she's in the studio, that which is a little, little, yeah, little better. Yeah. But this uh, week, Time Warner Cable's app now works over cellular. You'd think, why is that a big deal? Well, before I had to be on Wi-Fi, which meant I mostly had to be home. Uh, The idea that I can now be in the cab watching her or watching pretty much anything else on my phone, it's just another one of those steps toward mobile first, yeah. I can't not believe just that, for websites but for TV. I can't
0: believe they would have forced you to watch it on Wi-Fi. Yeah, you know, For
1: a while it was Wi-Fi You know, old-fashioned, but, but this idea that we're going to get to the point where television is going to f- be in our pockets the whole time, yeah. whether it's AT&T or Verizon selling me a bundle like Comcast does, or whether it's Apple disrupting the marketplace, uh, this idea that television is going to be with us all day on our phones, that's to me probably the next wave of disruption.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we have to I think we have to solve that, but th- it has to get much easier to watch. I think that's one of the bandwidth is a big issue, because the reality is you may be in like an LTE that's great, like right. great LTE, but right. a lot of places are not. Right, now. on 8th Avenue, I'm okay, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, when I, every time I go to LA, my, I feel like my LTE just gets terrible. Mm. Well,
1: there's also other effects of a mobile-first environment for TV. I mean, right now, CNN will alert you to breaking news uh, that's going on, but it would be better if it could alert you to say... Uh, open up the app and start watching live. Yeah. Right now that's possible, but it's not as easy as it could be someday. Right. You think about those environments where uh, I hope they're
0: listening right now. This <laughs> is the this is the most. I mean, who's going to have a better opinion about it than you? Well, I'm just or you me know, for that well, matter. Well,
1: exactly. Well, I'm just thinking. You well, know, Bloomberg, look at what the redesign did. Putting that TV box in the corner of the screen at all times yes. to emphasize the, the live broadcast. Great point um,
0: about the redesign. Thank you. It was, <laughs> you was, like that? It was actually actually. I mean, digital video was up way way up. I mean, our video yeah. views. But but, you know, one of the things about that was building a website ba- that's based around the idea that – and CNN did this. In fact, I cited this in, in many meetings where, you know, I said content – people don't think about – we we put this – we compartmentalize content as editors and product people. We go, this is a text post. This is a feature story. This is a photo essay. This is a video, you know. But in the real world, people just want – they want the, – give they want to be given the best story and every format is equal you know and and so i was basically like every format needs to be equal Mm. so video is treated very equal across all of the stuff that we're doing a story may be a video as much as it could be a text story right and so that actually helped a lot too but the the the, you know we used to have the autoplaying thing i actually think in the old design that was there maybe in a similar spot i can't remember exactly but what well what changes when you when you when you when you relaunch something, when you really disrupt what it was before, when you when you change like the total look and feel of it, yeah. people start noticing things they never noticed before. Even oh, in, good point. Even internally at, huh. at, at Bloomberg, uh, people were like surprised. They were a lot of people who worked even in the news department were like, "Oh, so we're doing breaking news on the web now?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, we we're always doing breaking news on the web, but mm. for some reason, however it looked to you before, whatever was happening, it just didn't. You didn't perceive it that way, right? And so it's interesting what people start to notice." Um, when you change things,
1: wow. even if they're That's the same thing, yeah. yeah.
0: But the the big box in the middle of the page is also new. That was a that was another one, right? A big video. But yes, of course, you want to put TV. Well, Bloomberg wants to put TV, and if you have it, you want to put it front yeah. and center for web customers. I mean, or was app
1: redesigning customers. though? Uh, you know, is. Uh, Kind of think about conventional wisdom right now in the industry. Isn't it all about going to other sites, going to Facebook, going to Twitter? Isn't it all about –
0: Yeah, it is (laughs) and it is. I mean the reality is uh, do people use front pages of news sites the way they used them a few years ago? Not really. Are people getting a lot of their news in their feed on Facebook or Twitter? Absolutely, but does that mean that there is no use for the homepage? I don't think you that's...
1: still can't build a house without a front door.
0: Yeah, and I think that there is a there is a part of it that's about branding, but yeah. there is also a part of it that's about. I mean, you, it's hard to unify, I mean, a newsroom, to, to get a newsroom to really be chugging and really be unified, they have to understand, like, what are we making every day? What is our purpose? Like, where does that stuff and live? And what are
1: our priorities? what
0: are Exactly. And, and actually, I think, you know, listen, there's still a huge amount of front door traffic yeah. to Bloomberg. There's a huge amount of front, I would imagine CNN has a massive amount of front door traffic.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, being on the front page in the New York Times now, the equivalent is being on the homepage yeah. on CNN. And I, and, I, and,
0: I don't care, and I don't care how much you read on Twitter. And I, I'm a media dude, and I'm on Twitter <laughs> all day long. But I still go on days when there's heavy news, I still go to a lot of front pages yeah. and look at just say what's going on, like who's got a take on this, what are people doing over here. You I, you can't – listen, those things are all going to be part – I think that Facebook and Twitter are all going to be part of the – they're in the arsenal. I, I I'm not – Fully convinced that everything just shifts over to either it's in your feed or you don't see it. You well, know? we still
1: have uh, hundreds of millions of people listening to the radio every month. I mean, radio was supposed right. to be replaced by TV, right? And TV was supposed to be replaced by the internet. Right. And we, the lesson we know by now is nothing really goes away; everything just gets added to. Yeah, I mean, the homepage they, is being added to. That's actually really
0: true. I mean, I, I, when we started The Verge, I remember people, uh, you know, pe- people are like, "Well." You know, who are you competing with or, you know, who do you want to, who do you want to trounce when you launch this? You know, it's like, listen, here's what's going to happen. We're going to launch something new. People are going to read, they're going to read Gizmodo and they're going to read this thing. They're going to read Gawker and what, you know what I mean? like people don't just suddenly shift, right? right? The only place they actually shift and and they really do shift is technology. And this Hmm. is the thing I found to be very true in that. People are fat, very quick to let go of something they've used if something better comes along. Devices, you mean? Yeah, no, it's not the same thing with content. Con- people always want more content. I think I hate the word content, by the way, but for lack of a better, let's way try to come up it. with a better word. People, right now, I know content. what would be a better word for content. Uh, I don't have one though. For con- will we just make a whole new word up? <laughs> just like uh, what's the Swedish word for uh, content, Magnus? Can you tell us? Do you know what content? Is there a Swedish word for content? Oh, they'd say content. I take
1: back my idea. Content's the best word content,
0: what Content, yeah. what about story? Do you have a Swedish word for story? What's that? Okay, you'll come back to us with that. Great stuff from, from the booth. Great stuff from Magnus, as usual. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, what the hell was I saying? Content? Yeah, it's great stuff. I love it. Big fan of content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the people
1: voraciously want
0: content. Yeah, people, they want, keep people want more and more. And, more. And, and actually, and and you know, the thing that's brilliant and wonderful about Twitter and Facebook, and why I think like as models... These things should never be no one should ever try to replicate them for a homepage mm. or a website like whenever I think there's a lot of the new ideas you're like well people love feeds like streams. just do a stream just do a feed or whatever I to me it's like your Twitter feed and your Facebook feed is so good because you have spent years figuring out what you want to see and what you don't want to see. Right. No one does that at a, on a website. No right. one wants to do that. Every Remember there was this kind of wave of, oh, you personalize your homepage. No one wants to personalize their homepage. That's a good point. If you can, pers- if you can personalize it for them and be really smart about it, if you can use machine learning to give them what they, more of what they want and less of what they don't want, totally brilliant idea. But, the, but no one wants to sit only the nerdiest people, and I might do this, but only the nerdiest will go like, "Show me more of this. Show me less of that." Yeah, you know? call
1: me old school. I still want one homepage for everybody that tells me the editor's yeah, say.
0: This is this is what's important right now. Say if I come here and I expect a certain. If I understand, I'm going to expect a certain level of, of storytelling. To, you tell me what you think is important. I think it's important in news. I think that's one of the most important things that we can do. And this actually is a nice segue into into Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with Donald Trump? I can't understand this. I mean, Donald Trump is okay. Let me ask. Start by asking you this.
1: As if I'm the expert about Donald.
0: Well, Trump. but you cover media. No, I've been, yeah, you, I've been doing you, you're it a lot. The you're in news, right. and and he's certainly a media figure. Uh, do you think Donald Trump can be elected president of the United States? Pass. You can't answer that question? Are you not allowed to? Are you, are you ethically forbidden from answering that? Do you think you'll not get a, a Donald Trump interview if you answer that question? You know, you... So,
1: so far he has turned me down. <laughs> okay, well, which here's is, your chance. Which is strange. It does seem like he says yes to everybody. Uh, I was lucky. I had one of his senior advisors on the show last week, and the week before that, I had his top lawyer. So he does send out his surrogates, which is great. You think
0: he's electable?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to dodge your question. <laughs>
0: yeah. was do trying. You, Did it not work? I'm it's, not hearing. I don't know if I'm hearing this or not. I think I, what I'm hearing is you do believe he could be president. Well, of the he is. States.
1: He is ahead in some GOP primary yeah, polls. Yeah, I know. So that. by definition, that.
0: he could be president. An openly Racist. Who is saying he's openly racist? Oh, uh, I mean, I, th- I think you only need to listen to Donald Trump's comments on. I mean, these are do, the words of a newly not, unemployed person. I'm recently unemployed. Do you not find his? <laughs> do you not find Donald Trump to sound openly racist in his remarks on uh, Mexicans?
1: Uh, I've been using words like offensive. Okay, offensive.
0: You wouldn't call you and you would categorize him as racist. I was xenophobic.
1: I would say what he said was racially tinged.
0: <laughs> That's some CNN shit right there. You heard it. That's it. CNN in, in the house. But you Rachel said electable.
1: Le- he is winning. He's leading in, in GOP polls. Now, maybe he won't be in a month or two or three or yeah. four or five, yeah. but he is leading in the polls. By definition, he's electable.
0: He's leading in polls. So anyhow, we now why is he leading
1: in polls? Well, you we, we well, might yes, say that's because. This, why
0: is he leading in polls? This
1: is the Trump show. Yeah. that we're all watching the right, Trump show. Right. Getting back to television and content, he is producing a huge amount of content for right, all of us. Right. And highly entertaining. Highly uh, entertaining highly but also provocative. Uh, you know, you can go down the list of words. Yeah. You might say informative. Uh you you might say um different from well, it's obvious actually different from every other candidate out there. Yes, it's uh, more
0: it's more openly racist than every other candidate.
1: Racially I know you, tinged.
0: I know it's more racially tinged. His and, comments racially offensive and offensive than other candidates. See,
1: offensive is is demonstrable. Yeah, because he offended a lot of people for sure. Uh, and you Agreed. had protests forming. Although, can I say how strange or not strange, but how notable it is that. Uh, he made his comments about Mexican immigrants at his uh, launch speech. Yeah. It wasn't for two weeks until Univision dropped him yeah. that this all started. For, well, so there was a two-week delay. They
0: do a lot of paperwork. <laughs> Maybe they did. I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I would imagine when, when Univision drops Trump from something, there
1: are a lot of lawyers involved. I, well, they did. They, they, yes. They did yeah. have to look at the contracts. Yeah. But it's it's interesting to me how there was this delayed reaction to Trump. He yeah. gave that hour-long campaign launch speech that nobody—everybody was sort of— I don't um, think
0: it was that delayed.
1: It, 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 I mean, I
0: guess because I work, you know, have been working next to a team of politics reporters. I mean, well, definitely... wasn't,
1: there was no corporate reaction. Let's right. put it this way. Okay. There was no, okay. you know, it was Univision and then NBC and Macy's and all of the rest. And so there, there was a delayed reaction on the on the kind of corporate uh, side of it. Um, but, you know, I've been thinking about Trump from the perspective of why is the press covering him so much? Well, he's the most available. He's yeah. the most accessible. He's giving so many interviews. He's willing to call he, in. How did Trump do
0: it? Well, he just made himself available to the press, and now uh, he's the obviously... president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's how it works.
1: Uh, well, it's it's not just that, but that is a factor. If you think about, what if Jeb Bush was giving interviews every day? Uh-huh. What if Rick Perry? What if Ted Cruz? Well, what, what if Rand Paul? Here's one They're thing not. I'll say. Here's, he
0: is. Here's one thing I'll say about those guys, and I think this is a, it. Kind of it speaks to. Is this making you uncomfortable? By the way, do you not want to talk about Donald Trump?
1: Uh, Donald Trump's a great story. Okay, good.
0: Um, the <laughs> The Jeb Bush has a lot more to lose than Trump does by saying the wrong thing. Of course. Right? Because course. I think that's the interesting. At the end of the day, Trump, when he's not elected president of the United States, if he's not elected okay, president of the United States. Okay, we heard it here first. No, no. If he's not. We, we don't know. He's, he's apparently very electable, by the way. So what I'm hearing from you. Um, leading leading the polls. Only only offensive. Uh <laughs> Oh, yeah, a little bit offensive. And listen, every presidential candidate is going to offend somebody, right?
1: I think right? I've been offended by every living president sure, sure. that I've been on. No, no, for. I
0: mean, I don't mean they'll actually go out of their way, but everybody's <laughs> always going to hear something they don't want to hear. Right. Like all Mexicans are rapists. You know, everybody's going to hear that and just go, well, that's offensive. Anyhow, so Donald Trump, when he's, when, if he doesn't win the, uh, <laughs> if he doesn't become president of the United States um, of America, uh, <laughs> he will still be a billionaire. He will still have a tremendous amount of, of, of power in the media, right, in entertainment, in whatever kind of weird land deals he's doing, you know, I assume he's buying and selling huge pieces of land on a daily basis. But Jeb Bush, I mean, what's he gonna do? Right. This is politics is his life. That's all these right. guys all these guys are career politicians. They are, you know. They're looking at setting up a law firm after this thing doesn't work, or right, they're, or, thinking, or, about, or they're or thinking about a the television next
1: one. commentator deal, or a book deal, or all the rest. Right. You're absolutely right. That okay, Trump the Trump is he, be, he is one of a kind, and he's he, like Perot. But, he can afford to risk it more in a way th- that nobody else can. Yeah, uh, but, th- but that's what I do think. There's something to the idea that because he's so accessible. That's partly why he's getting so much attention, and thus why he's rising in the polls. There's a virtuous cycle here yeah. that might be going on. Yeah. Do you and think how media, long it lasts? I don't know. Do you
0: think that in in the, us uh, the we the media? Do you think that we're being a little um, playing a little fast and loose with this one? Do you think we should be more critical of it? Do you think we should be more dismissive? I, of it? I've actually
1: heard a lot of criticism. Really? You know, I, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I'd say people are dismissive. Uh, although I've heard lots of people on TV say he's unelectable and he's you know never be president. Yeah, you disagree um, with
0: those statements though. Uh,
1: I let the Guests say them. That's what I you do. You think
0: he may be president someday. Well, 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 president Trump, just so, just cra- Call me crazy. But when you crazy. think about, when you think about president Trump, does it not immediately, do you not meet your mind immediately go to like a dystopian sci-fi hell world that is run, that where America no, is, America run by president Trump. No, my mind my, when I hear not. the words, president Trump, I can't help but think that, you know, he is his inauguration speech. There's like in the background, there are like, you know, buildings that are charred and there's, you know, all the people are in handcuffs or something. It's like he's got some sort of dystopian robotic enforcers behind him. That to me is what I think of when I think of President Trump.
1: I think you've seen too many movies. It's
0: possible, but you got to admit, it sounds not totally off the <laughs> mark. I know you can't say that because, you know, well, you're I, trying look, to stay but, neutral. But, well, <laughs>
1: well, I'll, I'll tell you two reasons. Number one, I didn't think he was going to run. Yeah and i've been proven wrong you got you wrong there too <laughs> <laughs> and and number 2 uh, i want to see what happens i'm i'm now very intrigued by how this story this is, ends this is
0: my concern so you know Does the, the media is the media just like playing along with this because they want to see what
1: happens shouldn't we see, I, know, I, I that's I what i was criticism. saying i think there's been a lot of criticism yeah. I, I think there's been a lot of skepticism and a lot of tough questions asked by the press But yes, he is a very different kind of candidate, so does it require a different kind of coverage? I think that's an interesting question. I mean, let's think about fact-checking, for example. If he says things that are demonstrably untrue in an interview, uh, can it be fact-checked in real time? Should it be fact-checked in real time? Should it be fact-checked afterward? I love what PolitiFact and The Washington Post and others do uh, in in terms of fact-checking, but it's possible that some candidates are unfact-checkable. Uh, Not infactible, but 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 the checks don't matter. That be. Uh, they're, that they're... Oh, oh!
0: I see what you're saying. That even if even if we say, well, you know, statistically. X amount of Mexicans are rapists, <laughs> Well, there's speaking, been some good fact-checking done, right? I would we, imagine. There's been Do good we know data pointed
1: out about how immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants in the United States are less likely to commit crimes than others in the U.S. Don't tell uh, Trump that. I hope I'm getting that right. It's Googleable. Sounds right. Uh, but the point is that that, that sort of follow up, uh, following up, follow-upping, created a word, ha- has been done, and, and it's good it's been done. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I look at the last few weeks, I look at the size of the crowds. I look at the poll numbers, and I think there's something really important happening here that can't be dismissed.
0: Donald Trump is a, is a circus sideshow. I think he is a television celebrity with a lot of money, and uh, he's a you know he's a real but he estate. He has control over the
1: GOP primary, so real, even if he's what you're right, saying, he is he's, he's
0: important because he's uh, he's the guy who people know most from TV. And I think if we're serious with ourselves in the media, and I, and I listen. I mean, I've been part of an organization that's, that's been covering him. I mean, you're covering him, obviously. I think we could probably, I think we could probably be a little bit more blatant about the the possibilities for Donald Trump. You know, I think that we could be a little more blatant about how seriously even Trump is taking his presidency, his run for the presidency. But let's flip
1: that around. Uh, is it possible that that, also would result us in taking other candidates uh, unseriously who should deserve attention. Well, well I think we could Would Bernie be. Sanders get less attention in that calculation because he's too off to the side, off to the fringe?
0: Well... But yet he's
1: performing really well. Would we have taken a candidate with the middle name Hussein... As seriously. Wow.
0: wow, you're taking it there. You're really <laughs> equating Donald Trump with Barack Obama. It's
1: my Trump card.
0: Oh, okay. That's very – is that a thing on your show when you say that you get like a graphic? No, Trump pops no, up. No, but it should be. Well, let me record – I'm going to suggest like a Trump comes up. Yeah, I, I'm just suggesting that
1: to the extent that the, the press, uh, the public has got to be involved in, in identifying who the important candidates are. Yeah, but you know, come on, the public.
0: Can't trust the public.
1: They've been, all, they've, been, they've, been, they've been doing pretty well for two hundred something years. No, the
0: public's obviously, but the public, but but also it's the job of the media. I agree, you've got to listen to the public. No but question. We
1: certainly have an agenda setting function. But you sure. gotta
0: but the media job of the media and the job of the press, which I think is so valuable and so important, is to say, we're gonna help you. Cut through the bullshit too, and we're going to say well, yes.
1: And here's an example. I think we could be doing a. We're going to explore this on my show on Sunday. The idea Tune in, 11 a.m. Sunday 11 morning, CNN. CNN. There you go. And can the, you watch the, it online? No. Uh, after. If you have a cable subscription, you can. Okay. Uh, but but you know the idea of uh, if if you're interested in Trump, you should know his history. Yeah. I'm not sure voters outside of New York, for example, know about all of the wild scandals can and controversies. Tell us, can you tell us some of them? Well, you just uh, tease um, it out. Let's hear a little
0: bit of what we're going to be checking out on uh, Sunday
1: morning. Uh, you know, you have to. Yeah. Oh, to, well, see, actually, this will air after the show, so you. Doesn't see whatever you want. Exactly, <laughs> but you know, just so, even just the personal life, right? Even yeah. just even just the ex-wives and some of the how the, many ex tabloids. Uh, I got to Google that. Yeah, uh, some of the tabloids. How scandals, many ex-wives? Let's see some of the me. some of the Page Six stories. Some of the outlandish things he said a decade ago. Yeah. some of his Democratic sounding positions. All of that. Yeah. Uh, I think you know we've seen um, in-depth stories about Bernie Sanders lately, and, and Hillary Clinton, and Marco Rubio, and others. We're going to need those for Trump too, yeah. If he's as serious as that's, he, says he see, is, that's what I think
0: we do need for Trump. I th- actually, I think that's what I'm getting to is that before, I, I mean, we've got all of this like kind of crazy. I
1: can think you believe he said that today? Yeah, yeah. But all I, I think comfort. like
0: just just the just a big just the right big story from from the outlets that we trust. Those are going to really matter. The story is about who is this guy, and is he what he's saying? Does it really check out? Or does it doesn't right. make any sense. And as a result of whatever he's saying, should we be taking him as seriously as everybody seems to be taking him? Should we listen to these polls? I mean, and sh- and 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 shouldn't I mean? Frankly, it really, it's up to his the, his competition. They need to be doing something. Hmm. I mean, they are. It feels like really. I mean, it feels like he's sucking up so much air in the room. But uh, that
1: gets to my point about availability. If right. these candidates were giving interviews every day, they could be, A, taking oxygen away from Trump, and B, responding, retaliating uh, against Trump. Don't
0: you think part of the problem is that— and, and, But as you pointed
1: out, they have more to lose. You're absolutely they right They do have
0: that. more to lose, but I think that's really an interesting point because what I see in those candidates is a tremendous amount of fear of, of stepping in something that they can't get off their shoe, you know? and And, and it has created—it's allowed Donald Trump, who, by the way— doesn't really care. It doesn't seem to care if he says something that is going to be tremendously unpopular to the American public. I mean, saying that the people that are coming to America from Mexico are all rapists, which is essentially, I'm paraphrasing, essentially what he said, or many of them are rapists and drug dealers, I think in America is probably a pretty unpopular sentiment to most Americans. I think that, I don't know that most Americans feel that, they may have disagree on our immigration policies, they may not, you know, feel like they want lots of people from Mexico coming to the country, but they probably wouldn't say, yeah, they're probably
1: all rapists. His favorable ratings, though, are up in the past month. And maybe that's because... <laughs> Where but, are these polls taking on, place? No, the point... You just hit on the most important point, which is even if they disagree with him, they may like him seeming to believe what he thinks, seeming to yeah, say anything, yeah. seeming to, to stand yeah, people, up. That's true. I mean, you know, George, there's an everyone, element have a of beer, that.
0: everyone have a beer with George Bush, you know. That there, worked there's out an great.
1: element of the... Oh, he's actually speaking his mind, which, by the way, is maybe what we've seen from Obama lately, and which might be appealing to people from the president. How's his there point? There might be a connection between
0: how's, how's Obama's point.
1: He's in a pretty good place compared to where he's been in the past couple of years. Interesting. Uh, you know, it, once once you're in the seventh year. The numbers aren't going to change all that right, much, right? Uh, but but he's in a pretty pretty good place compared to where he's been the last few years, and you could actually draw a line maybe between Obama and Trump. You did that
0: before. You on love this, that line. On, no, but but, <laughs> on of, <laughs> but on this issue of on this you know what I think of being Trump, Trump, I unplugged. Think of Obama.
1: Trump <laughs> Trump being unplugged. And and be, I mean the president uh, used the N word in that podcast with Mark Maron. He went to a prison this week. He he uh, he sang uh, sang a song at the eulogy for yeah. the Charleston yeah. uh, nine, the Emmanuel nine. You know. We are seeing a different kind of President Obama. Maybe there's just a slight connection between that and Trump in the idea that they're that they're willing to well, say I anything think, and, and, I and speak think, freely.
0: I think actually, what's interesting about what you're saying is maybe Americans are getting sick of the, the like the PR feel to our politics. Let's hope. So. I mean, because there is you got to admit. I mean, there is a sense of every politician has the same kind of wishy-washy answer about everything that's going on. You know, I thought one of the things that was most striking about Obama on, on the campaign trail and, and at it, it, at times in office, not all the time, but at times is, is when he just says something re- it feels really real. You know, mm-hmm. he said something that you thought that you wanted to hear somebody say, you know, he asked a question or said, made a statement on something. And you're just like, Yeah. Like how come nobody's been saying that? How come nobody's been talking about that? Mm. You know, I do think the last few months, the last year or so, well, yeah, last year or so with Obama, if you can draw a parallel between between <laughs> Trump and Obama, they are they do seem more real. I don't like what kind of real person Donald Trump is, but he's it doesn't seem like he's. Uh, well, he does actually in some ways seems like he's playing this up. There is a performance. There is a performative element to it, don't you think? And that and
1: that if Well that's why I call it the Trump show. Yeah. Increase you know, that that's in its it's television news as opposed to entertainment. It's not airing on NBC in prime time, it's airing on NBC Nightly News, but right. it is the Trump show. Right. And it is warping the entire GOP race and to some extent warping the Democratic race for the time being. Yeah. Um now, listen, we've had lots of summers where there's a quote unquote story of the summer. It's a, uh, uh, whether it's a sexy story or a scary story or a, or a flash in the pan story, these are things that come and go. Remember yeah. the summer of the, the sharks, you know, there, yeah. there's always these sorts of stories that fade away after the, the hot, year, hot, hot months of the year. Maybe that's Trump.
0: <sighs> you think people are just maybe crazy with fever? They're just, the heat is getting to them and they're like, maybe I'll vote for Trump. We you can know. come back here in a few months and, and maybe we'll know the answer. I love the I love the idea to that. All right, that's a good place to close. There actually is a lot of stuff I have to say. I really enjoyed this conversation. There are a bunch of things I want to talk to you about that we have not had a chance to talk about. Luckily, you live in New York, so you'll have to come back on. And now
1: I know where the studio is. You know
0: where the studio is. It's very easy to come to. Brian, thank you so much Thank you for joining me. Uh, that is our podcast for this week. I'll be back next week, of course, with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best no matter who they vote for.